Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Erin Summers. Thanks for tuning in. In today's episode, we're checking in with two more Saints coaches, co-defensive coordinator and secondary coach Chris Richard and special teams coordinator and assistant head coach Darren Rizzi. Both are taking on bigger roles with the Saints this season. Richard is in his second season with the Saints after spending time with the Seahawks and the Cowboys. Rizzi joined the Saints in 2019 after 10 years on the Dolphins coaching staff. Let's kick it off with Chris Richard. Chris, thank you so much for joining us on the New Orleans Saints podcast today. How are you doing? Yeah, fantastic. Thank you for having me. So far, we've had a couple OTAs under our belt this season. How have things been going out there? Yeah, they've been going great. Like the teaching has been awesome. Um, and, and that's really what this time is for, you know, is to make sure that we throw the entirety of our defense in. And then now, again, we're talking about where we're all supposed to be so we can all understand and play fast. And that's really what it comes down to, again, our ability to play fast and execute our assignment. You've added a new role this year as the co-defensive coordinator. How does that change what you're doing as far as day-to-day basis or with the team? It doesn't 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 change much of anything. It's uh, it's business as usual. Um, okay, there may be a little bit more scripting, uh, and 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 that's no big deal. So, you know, the cool part about it is, and I and I and I've said it before. I've had the opportunity to say it before. Is that like it's 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 nothing new. You know, uh, Ryan and I we both had the experience of being a coordinator before in our lives, so it's not new territory. You've had the experience of being coordinators before, but you've also been teammates. Oh, yeah. You played with him at the University of Southern California, came in together there, That's and right. now you're both getting to share this role yeah. as co-defensive coordinators. How yeah. special is that? Yeah, man, that's Grace. You know, like, I couldn't think of a better guy to kind of work with and, and be able to share this responsibility with than not, not one day would you ever imagine that yeah. like, it, it could or would happen. Back then, did you ever think, did you think that this is what you would want to do? Did you think that he'd be somebody that could go into coaching? Oh, no question. No question. Like, I've, I've always known that it's what I wanted to do. I never knew it was what he wanted to do until, right, mm-hmm. until it was kind of like, hey, we got to our senior year and, um, you know, we, we went our separate ways and professionally, but he got into coaching immediately. Mm-hmm. And so he like he always took tremendous notes, right? And he and he saved everything, you know. So it's like he's he's always been an awesome recorder, sort of deal, you know, copious notes and and things of that nature. So he's always been great at that. You stay on this year um, with a secondary, and last year super productive, done really well in, the, in as that unit. Sixteen interceptions. How do you coach that? Uh, it's it's just indicators. You know, like it's just indicators. That's the coaching is indicators. Like the production, that's the guys. You know, that's the guys. It's it's a it's a special group of guys in regards to kind of just mentality, natural instincts, and God given ability. And uh, you can coach all you want. If there aren't guys that are capable, like what's what what's the likelihood that it will happen? Paulson Adibo came in last year as a rookie, started every single game. What have you seen from him that just stood out? Uh, maturation, right? So it's like uh, more times than not, uh, as a coach, our responsibility is to accelerate that maturation process, right? Because the number one thing that that a young player or player at any age needs to do is eliminate distractions. So when he came in, like that, that was an easy one, right? Again, he was he was not a distracted guy, a distracted player. So. Uh, again, life in order off the field, life in order on the field. So now you're able to lock in and just focus and play ball. Uh, and that's 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 what he came naturally with. Mm-hmm. So uh, he already came in with an awesome level of professionalism that it just it was just a natural, organic type of transition for him that made it easy to coach. I know our 
first pick in the draft, obviously first two picks were offensive players, but you got some in this draft class on the defensive side of the ball. What have you liked about some of the guys, the mentality that they've come in to camp with? Yeah, well, I'll start with Delante. Um, and I guess we already talked about Pawson. Um, I, I think they're kindred spirits. Mm -hmm. So in, in the same fashion that again, Pawson has, has come in with a level of professionalism that's essentially intact, uh, Alante has been has been able to come in and, uh, and, and continue in that in that same mode. So. Uh, it, obviously, again, I've, I've had direct communication and, and contact with him because, again, I, I'm still in the DV room. Right. It, it just reminds me a lot of kind of how Paulson was in, in these early stages. So uh, what, he, what he's been able to pick up uh, conceptually, uh, technically, and just kind of just, just working through all of our stuff has been has been really good. Alante said that he's kind of just been hanging out with Paulson all the time, that he saw him put in an extra work, and he's like, hey, can I get in on that? Can I do that with you? I think that that's really cool that even Adibo, as a, a second year now, is taking somebody under their wing and, right. and being a leader in that way. Well, I mean, it's it's proof of, uh, like, if – if you can teach a six-year-old or if you can't teach a six-year-old, how well do you really know it, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, not, and not as if any of our guys are six-year-olds, but it's a it's an each-one-teach-one defense, right? So how well can you teach it, right? and then are you afraid to? So, yeah, it's it's competitive. We, we all know and understand that, again, we're out there competing for jobs, right? But if, if we don't understand what the essence of competition is, then we'll never, ever reach where we're supposed to be again. Our sole goal is just to maximize ourselves, mm -hmm. each and every single individual person, and then that's how we'll create the greatest team possible. But we're all responsible for growing and teaching the man next to us. Okay, so we all heard and, and, and know and understand, like, no one's as strong as our weakest link. Well, we're only as strong as our weakest link, pardon me, but how about no weak links? Mm -hmm. So then whose responsibility is it for us to create no weak links, right? Like, that's all of our responsibility, and that's iron sharpening iron. You know, like competition isn't me versus you. You know, it said it's me versus me, you versus yourself. So it's our responsibility to be at our best. And if we can help the next man be at his best, that's our responsibility. Like we are our brother's keeper. I love that. That's a lot of what goes into the work over the summer, the OTAs, the camp, really bringing everybody up together. What are the goals once the season starts? To, to absolutely be at our best each and every single day. Okay. And then now may the best person win. Mm -hmm. And so our goal as a team and as a staff is to put our best players in the position to make them successful. They're successful, we're successful, and that's our responsibility. You're relatively new around here still, coming in before last season. Are you more comfortable now this year? You, you kind of know where you're going, you know the city a little bit better? Well, that's what, I've, I've spent the greater part of 20 years coming to this city. So. It was a, it was, it was again a, that 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 the organic or natural transition into this area. You know, like my last name is Richard, so mm -hmm. I'm a Richard. So it's like my roots are here in this state. Uh, my wife, in particular, you know, her, her her the core of her family are from this city. You know, between the again the Dupatties and the, and the Simeons, and it's like we're all the way throughout the state. So um, I think it's just been pretty cool, man. Again, talk about grace. You know, like to have the opportunity to come here is like we're with family. Mm -hmm. You know, so like man, like yeah, we 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 know this city, and I may not have known the building yeah. really well, riding <laughs> in my way around the building, but it's kind of confusing. Yeah, right. You get but lost no. for sure. <laughs> but no, but everybody's done a great job. Like I, I was welcomed with open arms from day one. 
and uh, again, seamless transition for us. What's been your favorite part about you know this step in your coaching career? Oh man, it's it's this place, right? Like you know, you you hear this organization, it has a fantastic reputation, and it's lived up to every single bit of it. So mm-hmm. it's well deserved. Um, obviously, again, having been on the other sideline for some times, coming into the stadium and uh, being a witness to the raucous crowd and, 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 and just the nature of it. And that experience itself has always been fantastic, you know, even a part of the other team. But, like, I mean, it, it means something. It means yeah. something to be a New Orleans Saint. So I'm grateful for that. Well, thank you so much for taking some time to join us and just get to know you a little bit better, explain kind of the things that make you tick. Appreciate All right. it. Thank you. Thanks so much to Richard for the insight. Here's special teams coordinator and assistant head coach Darren Rizzi. Coach, thank you so much for joining us on the New Orleans Saints podcast. We appreciate you guys taking the time to let us get to know you a little bit better. But how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Just got off the practice field, and I appreciate you guys having me. So Definitely. This year you add a little extra title to your overall role here as the assistant head coach. What exactly does that entail? Yeah, so it's actually something I've done before. Fortunately for me, I was also the assistant head coach uh, in Miami. I was there 10 years mm-hmm. and for a good portion of the time there. You know, the assistant head coach uh, has a couple of different roles, and I think every organization is a little bit different. I think here with Dennis, uh, it's going to be more, a lot of it's going to be on game day. A lot of it's going to be game management, for example, on game day. Um, you know, things like time management, game operations. Uh, I've, you know, kind of uh, worked with the rules my whole life, the challenges. You know, there was three years in Miami where I actually held the challenge flag in my pocket during the games. So things like that as far as game day are concerned. You know, off the field, um, it's more like, hey, you know, the head coach has a lot going on sometimes. Sometimes he can't run a meeting, for example. You know, I'll be the voice in front of the room. Um, it could be, uh, again, if he's tied up with something and, he, and, and there's other departments that need to get information to the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, on a daily basis, the trainers might come to me and give me the injury report if Dennis is tied up in another situation. So there's a lot of different, you wear a lot of hats uh, as the assistant head coach. I think there's uh, different roles on the game day, practice, in the office. And so uh, for me, it's something I really enjoy and I'm, I'm proud to do it. So when things go wrong, it's your fault. Exactly. Though. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Dennis can immediately just point to me exactly. and say, it's all on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for this summer, the off season through the OTAs and mini camp, and then obviously the big one that's coming at the end of July, what are the goals for you on the special team side? Yeah, so this this time of year, actually, you know, we lost this time of year the last two mm-hmm. years with with COVID and all the all the different rules. So, uh, a big portion of what we're doing now is getting the new players and the rookies kind of caught up to speed. You know, I told the rookies when they came to rookie camp. You know, our goal is when we leave, you know, after vet mini camp is over and kind of leave for that little bit of a break before training camp. Our goal is to kind of be caught up on the techniques, the fundamentals, the terminology, so that when we come back for training camp, they really have a good fun, a foundation of, of everything we talk about. You know, I don't think people realize, the general fan realize, that a player could come from a different you know, college or a different organization, even the NFL, and all the terminology is different. We may look at one thing, and I call one thing something, and they, where they were, they called it something else. So getting used to that, getting used to the techniques that we that we use might be different than other special teams. Um, the other thing I don't think people realize is the college special teams rules are completely different than the NFL special teams rules. So, for example, the kickoff play is a lot different. The punt play is a lot different. And so uh, getting guys caught up to speed on the rules, you'd be amazed. I, we, we put... PowerPoints up in in uh, in you know meetings with the mm-hmm. rookies, and they're like looking at the board like I can't believe there's this many different rules in the NFL, 
as opposed to college. So really just getting that mental foundation, the physical foundation with the fundamentals and techniques so that when they come back, you know, we can hit the ground running. You know, every afternoon we meet with the rookies just by themselves and every day I'm kind of I'm kind of beating the same drum and telling them that, listen, when we come back for training camp, this this train's moving a lot faster. Right now it's kind of slowed down a little bit and you may think it's moving fast. When we come back, we have two weeks, you know, plus a little bit, a couple of extra days before we play a, a preseason game, and that time really, really goes quick. So, you know, kind of be a sponge, absorb as much as you can, uh, and so when you come back, you'll you'll be able to, you know, show, showcase your talents because no one wants those guys to be thinking too much on the field. We want to see what they can do physically. Sure, you've had a lot of success leading special teams the last 11 years. You've been first in the NFL with 13 um, punts blocked. How do you, how do you do that? You know, it's something that started way back when. When I was a college special teams coach, uh, it's something we took a lot of pride in. And so um, I think everybody has different philosophies in the punt return game. Um, you know, but one of our philosophies here is, as, and where I've always been is, you know, it all starts with the rush, start with those guys, the pressure on the punters. And, and so you can get punt blocks in a lot of different varieties. Uh, if you look, if we brought up a video right now of all the different punt blocks we've had over the years, there's not one particular theme mm-hmm. or one particular player it can come from many different people. It can come from different schemes. And so I think it all starts with a mentality. It starts with an understanding. It starts with uh, attacking your opponent. But it also is also a lot of personnel matchups. And so, you know, I just look here the last few years. We've had a number of different people block kicks and punts. And uh, and that's really what I'm most proud of. It's not there's one guy. It's, it's kind of been spread the wealth kind of thing. And that's kind of how it's been. And so, like I said in the beginning, I think it starts with a mentality. Um, you know, we like to pressure the punter and be smart about it, not get penalties. Um, at the same time, it, it helps us uh, get the ball in the returner's hands, even when we don't block it and put pressure on the opponent. So that's kind of what the MO has been, the philosophy has been over the years. Uh, and that's, I think, why we've been able to accomplish that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to watch, and it's exciting when that happens. So on the other side, you, you don't want it to happen to us. And Blake Gillikin was amazing last year. Great. Um, punter consistently yeah. pinning people deep yeah what stood out to you about him you know the thing that stood out the most about Blake was uh you know he followed a, a, one of the best punters in the history of the NFL I mean Thomas Morrison will right. go down as one mm-hmm. of the right now he's you, know, you can argue he's one of the top two or three guys that ever played at that position so that's a really you know tough act to follow so I think starting there takes a certain mentality and so I think Blake really did a great job um, filling in those shoes. I think there was probably a lot of fans and a lot of people in the building that were concerned about that position. And it was almost like he put everybody's mind at ease. Mm-hmm. Um, I always knew going in that he was talented enough, but he had never played in a preseason game or a regular season game, you know, when he took the field last year for the first time. And so uh, that was, you know, a little bit of cause. Uh, not, not for concern. I was just kind of really interested to see how he was going to handle it. Mm-hmm. I knew the talent was there. That's a position where you have to be a model of consistency. You know, no matter how talented you are, you got to be able to bring your practice and your training to the field on game day. The thing that stood out to me on him is not only his talent, but I think he was really, really level-headed. He had a great approach. Um, he never, the guy never gets too high or too low, and uh, he kind of just let his ability do the work. I mean, like you said, I think he tied the franchise record for punts inside the twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give him full credit for for part of the victory in the game up at Washington. He had mm-hmm. three punts. Inside the five, he was phenomenal that day. It was one of the best punting performances I'd ever seen. And, uh, you know, but even games like the game down in Tampa where we had them in their end of the field the whole game inside the 20, he had a few punts inside the 20. So there were multiple games where we needed him to show up, pin the opponent, 
And uh, I think he'd be the guy to tell you he wants to be a little bit more consistent, but I think everybody saw how talented he is, and I think that his best football is still ahead of him. I actually think that as good as he did last year, he could continue to improve. Mm -hmm. JT Gray last year got his first Pro Bowl selection as a, a specialist. What do you like about him? Gosh, I, I could talk about JT for a long time. I think I think the, the best compliment I can give JT is I don't know if there's a, a more well-rounded special teams player that I've coached. I've, I've been fortunate to coach a bunch of Pro Bowl guys and been around a lot of a lot of really great players and core players. Uh, I don't know if I would trade any of them out for JT. I think JT is as well-rounded of a core player as you could find. And again, he does a lot of the little things, maybe some of the dirty work that fans might not notice. Um, but it's I think he probably gets the most uh, recognition for his tackles, coverage, punt, coverage, kickoff. But have you ever studied him and watched him in the return game? He is just as good of a blocker. Um, he's a matchup nightmare for the opponent. It's hard guy to block. You always try to get try to know where he is. At the same time, he can block any of your other players on the other team. And so, special teams more than offense, defense is really, really a matchup game. It's a little bit of a chess match. And uh, you know, gosh, he was just a just a phenomenal year last year. But really, it's a carryover from the year before and the year before that. He's really played real three years of solid football since I've been here. And then the thing that, it, that really JT stepped up last year, I think, was in a leadership role. You know, we lost a guy like Morstead. Mm -hmm. We lost Justin Hardy. We lost Craig Robertson. And so here was JT's opportunity to step up as a captain and be a leader. And I think he goes out there and just leads by example every day. Does all the little things right. And so. That's uh, those are those are the qualities that I really admire about him. So you say he's one of the best that you've coached. I'm going to take it back to when you were at Miami, and you had somebody named Jarvis Landry um, on your side. Yep. You know, handling with him, and now he's back here with the Saints. How neat is it to kind of see him and the way his career has progressed since you've last been with him? Yeah, I want to start off by saying I, I just love Jarvis the person. You know, I, him and I developed a special relationship when, when he was in Miami. Uh, he was unbelievable, unbelievably nice to my family. He kind of took my my kids uh, under his wing when they would be at practice, all that. So, so I don't think a lot of people know Jarvis the person. And so uh, I think it's important to understand that. So to have him around – on a daily basis, it just kind of brings a smile to my face when I first saw him, and then he came to practice, and he kind of sat right in front of me at our first meeting, and so all those things are great. Now, Jarvis, the competitor, is, you know, I don't know if there's a guy that I've coached that's as competitive as Jarvis. I've coached a lot of competitive guys, but you talk about a guy that's uh, competitive at everything and mm -hmm. wants to win everything, and so I think that's what's made him great. Um, I think he's just a great addition to the team. Uh, I think he's going to be a great compliment to the offense, just another weapon, another piece uh, for that receiver room. Uh, now he brings a, a lot of experience. I obviously had him as a younger player and watched him uh, kind of develop and, and mature as a player. And so uh, there's just so many things he can do. He's such a well-rounded receiver. He can run great routes. Uh, he can get open. He's got great hands. He can block. He's one of the best blocking re uh, receivers I've ever been around. And so uh, I think the fans, obviously the, the local fans know him mm -hmm. as the LSU uh, Jarvis Landry, but I think they're going to love uh, the Saints' Jarvis Landry. Yeah, a lot of those qualities make sense why he was good for you on special teams as well. Looking forward to this season. I know it's going to be a little different with head coach Dennis Allen, but what are you looking forward to the most and kind of what do you anticipate for this year? Yeah, listen, I, I, um, first of all, I'm excited for Dennis. You know, I think Dennis has just done a, a – certainly in the three years I've been here, but even before that, he's just done a phenomenal job with our defense – um, year in and year out, you know, one of the top defenses in the league. So it's great to see him get recognized 
and uh, certainly well-deserved uh, head coaching position. So it, I think it starts with D.A. I mean, D.A., you know, it's, and we talked about tough acts to follow before, right? I mean, yeah. Sean Payton is a incredibly tough act to follow with all the, all the certainly the special things that, that Coach Payton did here. But, you know, D.A., I've already noticed here in the spring, he's kind of putting his own touch on things. We're kind of doing this, a lot of things we used to do, but at the same time, he's kind of got his little uh, touch to it. And so I'm enjoy, really enjoying uh, that working relationship. Um, I'm excited because I think we have a really deep roster. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've added some great pieces. I think our, our rookie class, not only our draft picks, but I think a lot of these uh, undrafted free agents are going to open some fans' eyes in the preseason games, and there's going to be some really good competition. Um, and that's the one thing that I keep saying after these OTA practices. I look at our I look at our roster, and I'm kind of looking around, saying, "Wow, there's going to be some really good position battles." As we get, yeah, yeah. As we get, and that's that's the sign of a good team. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, iron sharpens iron, so to speak. And and uh, the competition is going to make everybody kind of rise to the occasion and, and be better. And so, I'm really excited. I we get the 90 man roster in training camp. Everybody rolling. We get everybody off the, you know, the guys that aren't able to participate right now through injury and get everybody back. I think it's an exciting time. And so, I don't know if you can look anywhere on our team and and, and not say there's a position battle. I think really in every room there's going to be some battles, so to speak, You know, we, whether they're for depth positions or the starting positions. And so that's what makes training camp fun for a coach. And yeah. uh, in my role, being able to coach the entire team, I get, I get my hand in a little bit of everybody. And so that's what I love about my job is I'm able to work with everybody in the building, uh, not only the players, but everybody in the building as well as staff and and uh, and so uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, I think uh, we're gonna have an exciting time coming up. Um, you know, obviously, with that competition, there's gonna be some tough decisions, like you said. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a lot to be you know done before then. So I think it's gonna make the preseason really, really interesting for the fans and the coaches and everybody in the building. Yeah, there's a lot of good energy around the team right now. Even though we go through a coaching change, it didn't feel like things were getting shaken up too much and getting some of these players free agent signings yeah. and stuff it's been yeah. a really exciting time yeah I agree you know listen there wasn't there wasn't a, this I think Dennis did a great job I think there were some modest changes in the building on for staff and coaches uh, at the same time we still have a really good nucleus of players that have mm-hmm. been here in the past but I think we added some great additional pieces so you know we still have that core we still have the core of the staff we still have the core of the team and then with the great additions that we added I just think that uh, everything everything right now is kind of pointing pointing up and so Really looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, we'll get some fans out there next week at minicamp, and we'll see what the the real energy and feel is like. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for having me. How can you not be fired up about the 2022 season after listening to that? As mentioned, I hope to see everyone out at minicamp next week. Head to NewOrleansSaints.com for all of the info. We'll have another episode for you on Friday featuring the new inductees to the Saints Hall of Fame. The 2022 class will be announced on Thursday. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.